Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Covington playing Levine, topside three ball, bam! Onions, baby onions! Zach Levine in the Bulls! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Levine to White, this time he gives it to Williams for three. The rookie! The Pumpa! What a shot! Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Are you flat out kidding me? Matt Peck used to do a great job with the Bulls Outsider Show. Now he's doing Locked on Bulls. There he is, human foreburn. Oh, don't mess with the pooch. But watch this crossover. Bulls bird of free league ghost. So kick back. I'm not. Relax. And get ready for the best hour of your day. Uh, you know, I'm not. You can just see the vibe. And these guys are men. Locked on Bulls starts now. I love it. Pass to Levine with a right-handed jackhammer slam. Oh, my goodness, that was filthy. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. I'm getting out the dancing shoes. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on your text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Go download the Locker Room app on the iOS or Android devices. We tried to do one yesterday, a little unsuccessful full, but we've done plenty of them over the last six weeks or so. Going to maybe try to test one out again tomorrow, so make sure you go download the app right now. Follow Matt and follow me, Jordan C. Malley, Bulls underscore Peck on Locker Room. We'll send out a notification as soon as we go live, so definitely check that out. Matt, how are you? How you doing? Uh, I got to say it because I've been saying it all week, but um, guess what? Bulls are still in it. What? Oh, they're still in it. <laughs> What's it's going Thursday on, and they're still Beacon? in it. Yeah, the uh, the Wizards just choked one away against Atlanta last night. I watched most of that game, including, uh, you know, the entirety of the second half. And uh, just when you thought that Westbrook was going to be the final nail in the Bulls coffin, he had some big buckets, you know, with a few minutes left, propped up the Wizards lead. And then all of a sudden, it was bad possession after bad possession by the Wizards. Collins hit a big corner three for Atlanta to put him up one. The Hawks hit a couple of free throws to ice it. And just like that, the Bulls still technically in it. Um, you know, who, who knows? The Bulls, I would guess, are going to beat Toronto tonight because did you see Toronto's injury report? Eight guys are sitting out, including their normal starting, would-be starting five. So, it you know, regardless of the Bulls injury report, Troy Brown Jr., Daniel Tice questionable, what, I mean, you'd guess the Bulls are going to win against the very blatantly tanking Raptors, which then means it's on Washington to put us out of our misery tomorrow night when they play Cleveland. You got to assume they can beat Cleveland, right? Yeah, between Cleveland and Charlotte that they have coming up to wrap up their schedule – you would think so. I, w- I, w- I was going to say, Beal's coming back for at least one of two of those games. So, yeah, good. it's a nice try. It's cool that we yeah. got to Thursday, man. But, uh, yeah, let's hope that – let's put it is in it, the – Is it cool? Is it cool, Jordan? We're not getting, the top we four, we're not getting a top four pick anyway, all right? I know we – Hey, We're not getting a top four that. pick. We're not getting a top four pick. You I'm don't. sorry. We're not. We're not getting a top four pick. 
Well, our chances are certainly less than they used to be had we not had that stupid three-game winning streak. The argument's fun to talk about for the for the next two months. That's cool, like whatever the lottery is. I don't know when the lottery is, but it's fine, and maybe we can be angry at the Bulls for doing this and being in a weird spot, but I don't know. I'm not going to get myself upset about it because we're not. I just have convinced myself that we're not going to get a top-four pick. Uh, so let's put the Wizards. Let's put this in the chances Wizards. for that far exceed the odds of them getting into the play in, which are still less than one percent after the Wizards lost last night. Fair, fair. And for anybody arguing on my side of wanting to be in the play in versus uh, increased chance at a top four pick, it's the same type of argument. And it's like neither are going to happen. So shut the hell up. Right. No, yes. no, I I'm not just yes. going to casually agree with that. Yes, you're talking about something that has a less than one percent chance of happening, and I am mad about the Bulls having something possibly good happen for them that they screwed up having as much as thirty-two percent chance of happening, and now might be more like twenty percent chance or God forbid seventeen percent chance of happening. Those numbers are all way more significant than less than one percent. All right, I get it. It's 10 times more likely to happen, but still, 10 times more likely to happen at 1% is 10. I mean, I don't know what the specifics are 10%. So, still, could have been very 32%. unlikely. Could have been 32%. Could have easily been in the play in should you have won those seven games that you've lost in the final 20 seconds of. I don't even want to get into it. It's right. not worth it, man. And hey. Zach Levine is is the smart one here because he knows that that's what he's been harping on after, especially after their loss to Brooklyn. He was like, "Shouldn't have coughed up all those games earlier this season." And he's a hundred percent right. Uh, speaking of him, anything else that you want to talk about, touch on before we get to some more pressing news? We're going to talk about Zach Levine. Interesting article from Joe Cowley that came out this morning. It's something that you and I have talked about for months now. So any Locked On Bulls listener that has been listening to this episode, it's not the first time that you're going to hear this. Uh, also, want to get some reaction to you sent me a couple of tweets from some stuff Thaddeus Young had said and uh Billy Donovan that I find interesting and hilarious and uh, a certain character is going to yeah. find his way back into this podcast should, should, we, should we touch uh should we touch on that before we get to the Levine contract stuff just because I think it's funny yeah let's do um it. so this was uh a, a couple of tweets from uh, our pal Rob Schaefer uh, from, I'm guessing, Donovan uh, at Morning Shootaround, um, as well as Thad Young, asked his impressions of Billy Donovan and Bulls coaching staff one year into their tenure. Thad Young's first word was, quote, receptive, said they're open to what players want to do, all about winning, said the organization feels more like a family this year than last and follow up last season young added players felt they weren't being listened to gee what does all of that collectively sound like the bulls feel more like a family this year maybe it's because uncle fester has been kicked out of the house i'm not i'm not i'm not uh you know i'm not i'm not surprised and man like the way that Jim Boylan did Thaddeus Young was wrong, not fair, stupid. So I, I don't blame Almost it. Almost forced Thad Young into retirement. <laughs> Remember that little yeah. nugget that we got from him in his interview recently? We don't talk about that. That is something that should be talked about more is that Boylan was so bad that he was forcing guys to think about retirement and good players, too. <laughs> like, 
That's right. wild. It's wild, but it it shows. Like even as much criticism as you can give Billy Donovan for some of the X's and O's stuff he does, like this stuff is invaluable, right. man. It's like when guys can actually feel like they can have a conversation with their damn coach and not feel like they're just being told what to do. Right, and that I think is the key here because while we can dissect the issues that we have with Donovan and his rotations and his coaching decisions. And we will continue to see, hopefully, growth from him in this new environment after spending five seasons in Oklahoma City. Hopefully, he will continue to get better on the job, and we can continue to discuss the the pros and cons of his coaching acumen at the NBA level. That being said, I find it utterly absurd that we have seen some people brave enough on Bulls Twitter, media and fans that say, wasn't all Jim's fault. Look at this team struggling this season with pretty much the same roster, different coach. Wasn't on Jim. Bring back Jim Boylan. I have seen the words typed out. Bring back Jim Boylan. Who's saying? On Bulls Who? Twitter. We... I, dumb Bulls fans. Guess what? There are a lot of them out there. If you're listening to this and you don't know you're a dumb Bulls fan yet, my apologies for, for shedding some light on your dumbness. But if you at any point this season, after a a Bulls loss in which you had issue with what Billy Donovan did and thought, gee, maybe we shouldn't have fired Jim Boylan, you're in the category of dumbass Bulls fans. (laughs) My condolences. Please wake up and join the rest of us, won't you? Oh, man, it's it's I don't I don't even know how you get to that type of logic like. I understand, like, if you think that Billy Donovan might not be a championship-winning coach, that's fine. As much as people think that maybe Vooch and Zach aren't your championship-level players, I think about this whole, like, weird period of two years or three years, it's sort of a transition phase into a new era. As much as we've talked, we talked about this being a new era with a new front office, new head coach. That's fine, but I truly feel like if we're looking for championship intentions, this might feel like more of a, of a transition than it is a, hey, we're ready to win, let's push right now. I'm bringing all of that up is because Billy Donovan can add his flaws and he might not be a championship coach, but he's laying the groundwork. Same thing with AK and Mark Eversley, man. They're laying the groundwork for guys to come in and step in if they're, if changes need to be made and we're to that next level. It's just, it's insane. Jim Boylan didn't make... He didn't make he didn't make adjustments to anything. Anything he would deal dug right. d- dig his heels in and just be like, yeah, I'm gonna keep doing that. How about just the Toronto timeout down right. 25 with 23 seconds left, and you call a fucking timeout. And it's not just the silly stuff like timeout management, but a veteran player like Thad Young, who everyone in this league respects. Coaches respect him. His peer players respect him. Media respects him. For a player like that to say, compared to last season, it feels more like a family and we feel like we are being listened to, comparing, the question is, how's Billy Donovan been in his first year? And that's his response, comparing to, without you know throwing him under the bus by name, our coach Jim Boylan last year. In this ever-changing, where players have a whole lot more sway than they did years prior after various new CBA, you know, negotiations over the years. Players have a lot more say in what they get what they get to do and where they get to play. Even when they're in the middle of a contract, they can just be like, nah, trade me, I want to go there. 
players want to play for organizations where they feel like it is not so much a dictatorship, but more of a democracy. Obviously, there's still a hierarchy. You know, their coaches and management are their bosses, and coaches' bosses are management, and everybody's bosses are ownership. So it's not a true democracy. But if you feel like you're being listened to as a player, your opinion, your input on the practice floor and in the locker room is being listened to instead of cast off by a dictator coach, that matters. Hearing that kind of stuff from a veteran like Thad, who everyone respects, matters. So when you talk about whether it's this upcoming offseason or the free agency summer of 2022 and Bulls fans wondering, why the hell can we never get free agents to come play here? You know what might help? These kind of sound bites from a veteran player who's playing here under Billy Donovan right now. You know, X's and O's is a different conversation, but the respectability and likability of one Billy Donovan compared to nobody in the league last year when they were maybe approaching the the summer of or the fall of 2020 free agency if Jim were still here running no, not a single player in this league would be like I I really want to go play for Jim Boylan even some of his Bulls players who stuck up for him to the media at times were probably doing so just to be nice because why would anybody want to play for a guy who treats his adult professional NBA players like they're freaking high school kids. I learned a lot about, and maybe I was naive at first, but I learned a lot about how players feel about Jim Boylan, and it goes back to him not even being a head coach. It goes back to the Rondo night, man. Like, when he threw the towel at Rondo, and then he got suspended for that, he got suspended one game for that, like, we didn't think about it at the time, but man, that says so much about how players feel, and maybe you don't feel great about Rondo or his time here, but... You look around the league, he's pretty damn respected by his teammates and his coaches, and he's very smart. So that being said, like those little things, I think, are crazy. And wouldn't you want anybody, like in any industry, man, it doesn't have to be professional sports. You just want to feel like you can have a conversation with somebody and they're actually listening to you, you know, and they're giving right. you feedback. Whether it be positive or negative, I think that goes a much longer way than just being told to do something, not being told the why or the how. And I feel like a lot of those guys felt frustrated that way. Unlike, you know, the Jim, because I said so, Boylan. Is that a guy who's making his players feel like they're being listened to? No, absolutely not. Um, Jordan, we have plenty of Zach Levine contract stuff to talk about. There are some new rumors flying around. Before that, though, wanted to tell our listeners today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everyone and always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear out like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and doesn't require membership or account login. They got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Just quickly see all the parts available for your uh, vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com 
Matt, before we get to the Levine thing, let me let me do the very weird. Not many people will do this, but I'll defend Jim Boylan for a minute. Here's how I'm going to do that. Here's how I'm going to do that. And I do this because I, I, I truly do believe this. I think there's been multiple examples of this happening over the course of this season alone. I don't think Jim Boylan was necessarily wrong about some of the things that he wanted to do with this team. I don't think he was necessarily wrong about some of the things he said about this team. The way he went about doing things was the problem. That was the issue, man. That was the ding, problem. Ding, ding. And and for a lot of people, like even the Bulls fans that we we were laughing at and calling crazy, like that mentality didn't work. It will never work. Jim Boylan might have had good things to say, but it would never translated with the guys because they never bought in. Young players are not going to buy into your bullshit. Do this because I said so. Like you said, man, they're not going to do that. That's not the way the league is anymore. You need to adapt. Otherwise, you're going to end up like Boylan fired so I don't think Jim Boylan is a bad basketball mind uh Portland's defense might say a little different this season he was brought in to advise and they looked even worse that after defense that is still 29th in the league right <laughs> but I will say he was right about the blitzing defense worked he was right about Levine getting to the basket or taking threes being more aggressive in that way he was right about I mean it was part of the transformation the this year defense man defense worked to a point in that it was gimmicky and yeah, it created a lot of, it generated a lot of turnovers, takeaways. Did the Bulls always capitalize on that? It no. worked against certain teams. And, and, and any team that off, whose offense, half court offense was worth a lick and could pass out of those traps got wide open corner threes or wide open looks at the rim. So no, his defense did not work, in my opinion. It, it worked in it. I feel like it worked against some teams, and you got exposed when teams were able to adjust to that. I think about a lot of teams using the blitzing on the Bulls and how effective that has been in some games this season against Billy Donovan. That defense works. It just doesn't work against all thirty, the twenty nine other teams in the league. Um, okay. Yeah. Other point being made. To a degree, whoever you want to talk about a role player, a young drafted lottery pick. This team, it was soft. I think they were mentally mentally weak. You, you see guys all the time give up on plays. Oh, four or five shots not knocking down. That was that was said over and over and over again. We even saw it, though. I thought, for the most part, that was a Jim Boylan thing. I don't think so. I think that right. mentality became culture. Culture became hard habits to break. Um, so he but, was right about that. Oh, they, so... I, I agree with you in that maybe Jim Boylan was right about his players being soft and needing to toughen them up a little bit. There is a way to do that, and there is a wrong way to do that, kind of like you were saying, the way you go about it. Jim Boylan going up to the postgame podium every night and saying things like, I think your play is embarrassing, and blaming the players every night when – they lose a close one. They cough up a lead when his own decision-making certainly warranted some questions of was tonight the player's fault or was tonight your fault? And never once hearing him say, this one's on me. Billy Donovan has, to his credit, said several times this season, yeah, I could have done better. I should have done better about X, Y, and Z tonight. Or I need to continue to work on blank to help my guys be in better positions to win games and to close out games. 
Jim always played the blame game and said, it's their fault, not my fault. And was doing that while like, you know, having these archaic kind of here is me, I'm captain discipline, listen to me, get in line behind me. And all the players are like, really? Conversely, you hear Bulls players this season talking about Billy Donovan and saying he points something out to you when you did it wrong, but doing it in a way where it makes you feel like uplifted and supported and that he's behind you. Not, hey, I'm benching you right now because you did this crappy and it's your fault. And look, you can argue until the cows come home about tough love versus, you know, nurturing, you know, support from a coach slash mentor somebody older than you, somebody who is your boss, you know, whatever. The way that Jim went about it was 140% in direction. And that was definitely a wrong way to go about it. We'll see if Billy Donovan has enough tough love in him to get out some of the soft that is on this team. The other thing we might see is AK and Eversley trading away some of the soft that is on this team. They already did. Like some of those examples are already there too. Like that was sort of what I was getting at is the the fact that AK came out at the beginning of March and basically said that yeah, this team needs to stop pissing and moaning, stop hanging your head when you miss a couple of shots, start figuring out ways to deal with it. And I feel like that to defend the players for a second, I feel like a lot of that was built up with all the weird things that went on with this team during the rebuild and on top of throwing Jim Boylan into that just didn't help. It doesn't help young players develop. Vets can take that, young players cannot. I feel like that sort of dribbled over into this new era of basketball, but I do, like I gave Billy Donovan credit for making adjustments and backing up what he says, AK and Mark Eversley did the same exact thing. They said, all right, we're going to go find out other opportunities if you don't want to be mentally tougher, you don't want to try to improve, things like that. I think one of the several players that we've talked about that we always question whether or not he was, if things were going on in his head that were bothering him during, throughout games, and that was Carter. Like Carter, Markkinen, Kobe at times. It's it's a combination of all of these guys. So um, again, I, I think it does. It's it's with doing things with good intent. Uh, with even if you're criticizing, doing things with good intent are always great. Um, and Jim just could never do that. Uh, let's get to Zach Levine first. Let me tell you a little bit about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can bet on it right now. Uh, some of my favorite props in baseball have been the uh, who to hit a home run. So I've been looking at a lot of the teams that are high-powered, especially in the first six weeks. It's been a whole hell of a lot of fun. It's equivalent to like taking a bet on a two threes or three threes or four threes in the NBA. It's been a lot of fun. So if you have a favorite baseball team, you can bet props like that. Head to their website or use a mobile device today and sign up. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Matt, you want to tell me a little bit about uh, tell me a little bit about this this article that you sent me, some of these tweets that you sent me, um, because it was something that I was as soon as I saw it, I was like, yep. I was like, we've had this conversation probably half a dozen times this season. And sure enough, it surrounds Bulls, the Bulls' number one player in Zach Levine and possible contract extension. So this is uh, the latest in the Zach Levine contract roller coaster. And it's from our guy Joe Kelly of the Sun-Times. 
um, who in a recent uh, report said that Zach might be willing to give the Bulls a discount. Here is what it says in case you missed it. The Sun-Times, as well as several other media outlets, reported at the start of the 2021 campaign that it was important for Levine to be given max money moving forward. However, there are several sources who said that might not be the case any longer as adding key role players around him could persuade Levine to give the Bulls a slight discount. So, with that, we know that there are a variety of ways that Zach and the Bulls could go. They could try to restructure, renegotiate a contract and sign him to an extension this summer, use some of their existing cap space towards giving him a raise as opposed to just the generic uh, four-year extension of 120% of his final year of his ending contract, which would be so like this year it's 19.5 it's 19.5 again next season which by the way for a player of what zach is doing is hilariously low all the bulls are already getting a discount on zach levine last season this season and next season just to put that and keep that in perspective but so you know bobby marks who's the espn cap expert for the nba said earlier this season that the most the bulls could give him without renegotiating but just a you know a, a bare-boned extension this summer would be four years, $104 million. Compare that to the roughly $155 million he could get if he waited until being an unrestricted free agent a, a year from this summer. So how badly does Zach want to stay with the Bulls and win with the Bulls? And would he be willing to, say, offer up some of the piece of the pie that he very much so deserves after being grossly underpaid this season – to get more help around him. that That is basically the crux of all of this conversation right now. It's interesting, man. We, we've talked about it. Is like if the Bulls and the new front office and the head coach, if they're all on the same page and Zach is like, yeah, I'm truly committed, but you got to do X, Y, and Z this season to prove to me that you are doing things and we are working together. Uh, I think that's what he's looking for, man. And we've talked about it even at the trade deadline when we were talking about this. I said, like, I don't know if money is Zach's motivation anymore. Like, he got his he got his four years, 80 million. He's generationally wealthy now. Like, for a dude like that, with all the endorsements Zach has, too, he doesn't need the money. It's not about that anymore. For him, it's about legacy and about being able to win. Imagine being the caliber of Zach and not making a playoff again. You still haven't made a single playoff game in your entire career. Like, those are the types of things that separate you from being a very good player and a great player. And I think Zach's in the camp of wanting to try to see if he can be great. He believes in himself. Can he do it? Does that mean taking a little bit less but having some say and some sway within an organization instead of going somewhere else and kind of playing your chances on the unknown, right? I think this is good for the Bulls, and I think this is good for Zach Levine if this is coming from Zach's camp. Like, if that's coming from him or somebody right. around him, I'm cool with that. And that, that's another interesting detail of this whole latest development is the source it's coming from. Yeah, so the media source being Joe Cowley. Now, who are Joe Cowley sources saying that Zach might be willing to take a discount or is that Cowie's um, just opinion putting, is that just Cowie's putting opinion? more help around him right because 
as I was about to say, the other element of what we know with Cowley is that all season long, if you've been reading his tweets and reading his articles, he has been on a pedestal saying Zach Levine doesn't deserve a Supermax contract. He's a good player, but if you sign him to a Supermax, you're not going to have enough other resources to build a winning team around him. Cowley has been shouting that from the mountaintop all season long. So some people might agree with that take. Some people might disagree with that take. But that doesn't necessarily matter. What matters is, is that the motivation behind Cowley saying this? Is Cowley saying, hey, Zach, if you take a discount and give the team more cap space to bring you other talented pieces to play with, maybe you'll finally be a winning player. Because the thing that I find hard to believe is that as much as Cowley has been ragging on Zach this season publicly in everything he's tweeting and writing, would Cowley really be the guy to have the ear of, or, or vice versa, um, you know, Zach Levine or people close to Zach Levine or Zach's agent? Why, why is it that Cowley might be the one who gets that scoop? If Cowley is the one trashing this dude saying he's not worth the money, you know, you see what I'm saying? I mean, it could be. It's a lot of things. It'd be it'd be it'd be interesting to have Cowley on to kind of talk about this, and maybe we can get a clearer answer too to see it. Like, is, is that your opinion, or is that more of like you putting things together? And it doesn't necessarily. You don't have to tell us who it's from. Like, but where? Like, an indication. Give us a direction, and we can take our takes that way. Then, I'm thinking more so, man. This could be just like we were talking about, sort of connecting some of the dots, thinking about what's in the best interest of Zach and also knowing Zach over the last four years as a Bulls fan. Kind of as much as I don't feel like we know Zach more than some of the other stars in the league, I feel like we get a sense of what he's looking to do, some of his goals professionally. And I think one of those, man, is is being competitive and being in a playoff and, and trying to compete for a championship. And is your best chance doing that here with the Bulls or going and taking a Supermax with a, with a different team? What happens if two years down the road, they blow it up? Then you get traded to a middle market team that's rebuilding. Think about John Wall, man. Like John Wall got flipped for in Houston. There's probably other better examples, right. but things like that, I think you need to think about in, again, I think I've always said I think Zach's about winning and I think he's real and maybe that does maybe trading for Vooch was enough to say hey if we can keep Vooch here and me and him figure things out we can be really good or I don't know I feel like what Cowley is saying though merits some truth if the if that in fact is coming from Zach Levine's camp I don't know about you I mean okay you are correct to say, as you pointed out earlier, that even with his previous contract that ends next season, the four years and the near 80 million, he and his family are now set for this generation and several to come. Generational wealth, even though it's, you know, compared to some of the ridiculous, you know, top echelon superstar contracts these days, that's, that's like pennies. I don't know if you can easily dismiss dismiss Zach saying I'd rather take a pay cut have more talent to play with and give myself a better chance to win if you're talking about a difference of as much as 50 million dollars which is a pretty big chunk of the money he's made so far in just the difference between signing an extension with the Bulls this summer or waiting to hit the open market next summer 
again, I'm not putting it on Zach to say, I think he's greedy and I think he'd rather be focused on making as much money as he can, as opposed to take a discount, stay with the bulls, bring me talent to play with. I mean, I, I don't think anyone would have had reason to say definitively that Carmelo Anthony was a player who didn't care about winning when the bulls were one of several teams courting him, including his current team, the Knicks. The Knicks offered Melo more money than the Bulls could. And Melo has said, after the fact, several times, maybe I should have gone to the Bulls. I was thinking real hard about going to the Bulls. At one point, I thought I had made my mind up and that I was going to go to the Bulls. He stayed with the Knicks and kept the money. Now, he said, well, you know, really wanted to get over the hump with the Knicks. I've been with them a while. I wanted to see if we could do it. Do you think the money had nothing to do with it? Because I think the money had something to do with it. So as much as I want to believe as a Bulls fan that Zach Levine cares more about winning here with this organization than about a difference of $50 million between negotiating this summer and hitting the unrestricted free agent market next summer, I have no, absolutely zero knowledge to say definitively, Oh, yeah, he'd rather win or get a better chance of winning by coughing up his piece of the pie that he has earned and he deserves. Let's make that perfectly clear. Of the top 10 scores in the NBA this season, all of them will make at least $28 million next season. Zach's making 19.5. He is grossly underpaid. And we're talking about him taking another discount? I'm not saying Zach Levine's greedy. I'm saying that he earned that money. He deserves that money. And most often when a player in the NBA earns and deserves that money, they take it. Sure. Yeah. I think that there's a couple of things there. One, I wouldn't ask Zach. I wouldn't be mad at Zach if he said, nah, I'm not taking a discount from you guys. I'm going to go get paid the match I wouldn't somewhere be else. No, I know. And I, for me, I know some Bulls fans might be. They might be angry about that. And that's fine. Like, you can be angry about it, but I, I just... Go get your money, man. Like, if you want that, that's you deserve it. You made that. Um, don't take a discount at the expense of the organization when they didn't fully buy into you for this entire time. Maybe they did for the most part, but first couple of years, I don't know. They didn't put pieces around you. They weren't trying to win either. So you have to balance all of that. I, I wonder if another question, too, is like, Zach, can you make that $50 million up that you're being separated here somewhere maybe at the back end of your career or through endorsements or other things? Like, guys can make money outside of just getting paid from their team. That being said, do you want to win with Pretty the Pretty sure Bulls the Knicks are still that? paying Joakim Noah. <laughs> I mean, like people are making jokes about like AD going to the Lakers and getting paid through Space Jam. Like, those things. Yeah. Like, remember that? Yeah, exactly. Like, so that that can happen. That can be part of the conversations. Like, money's not the end goal. We can figure out how to make you that money back. I think it's about being forgotten. And, like, it doesn't even have to be a commitment to this Bulls team, man. It, I just think it's a commitment to winning in general, whether it be here with the Bulls, whether it be in L.A., whether it be somewhere else. I think it's just a commitment to winning as opposed to a commitment to the organization necessarily. You continue to commit to winning, we're both on the same page. When the Bulls stop committing to winning fully and doing everything in their power to be able to do that, maybe then it's a different conversation. But for the most part, I think... Right. They're both aligned in the fact that both teams want to get back to being relevant. Zach, most notably, wanting to be in a playoff. So I'm, uh... and yeah, just looking back on the last 
decade or so in the era of the NBA's money is just, you know, before the pandemic hit, just out of control. Contracts are out of control. Guys are signing deals where they're earning over $45 million, now over $50 million annually at the back end of some of these deals. And you say, that's that's crazy. And something that Joe Cowley is not entirely wrong about, in my opinion, is this idea of giving a player a max contract or God forbid a super max contract and saying with the organization hamstrung that much, that much, that big of a percentage of their entire cap committed to one player. Can they build a winning team around him? And I'm guessing that the, the super max won't be an issue because I think Zach will fall short of making an all NBA team this season. I think he's, hasn't done quite enough and then the 11 missed games combined with the bulls not making the playoffs will keep him off of the all nba third team it's a shame because he's had a great year but i think that that's what's going to happen so at least the supermax kind of contract scale is off the table assuming that that's true even still if you commit somewhere over 30 percent of your cap to just zach levine do you have the tools to build around him in the last 10 years or so in the NBA, all of those teams that have signed those kind of players, those caliber players to these ridiculous new super maxes. Have any of them won a title? Have any of them been perennial title contenders? A quick glance. And the answer is no. Kawhi. Kawhi would be the only one, right? Well, but like Kawhi didn't even sign a supermax. Like no, he was true. coming he up the on the end money. of his deal with San Antonio. They traded him to Toronto. He won a title there, and then he went to LA and signed what I don't believe was a max. And he did it so so that they could tell him, "All right, we're also going to get PG to come play with you." Yeah, I was thinking more in max contract territory than supermax, but you're right. Yeah, I would have to go back and look at the list of supermax contracts given out like over the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, this is, man, like, I got to stop us because you and I could sit here for four hours and just debate all of this and dig through all of this. This is going to be continued conversation that I think you and I are going to have for the next couple of months as we get into free agency, we get into the off season. Uh, but there's so many different factors and there's so many different layers to it and how the Bulls want to approach it. I think one thing that is important to note, what we said was this offseason is going to be super important in terms of what the direction is. Um, the foundation is laid through the, throughout this season, and I really like the way that they have done things for the most part this season, whether it be at the top of the organization or the coaches or the players. I think the Bulls are in the right direction. It's just going to be another really important summer, and uh, we'll have plenty to talk about, man. But hit us up with your opinions. If anybody's got an opinion out there, want to react or maybe give your opinion about Zach Levine, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. We're on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley at Bulls underscore Peck and at Locked on Bulls. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley. Bulls Nation, have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Happy birthday, Rodman. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com.
Thanks a lot.